what kind of life do I want? How do I intentionally design my business around that versus fitting life around a business, which I think many of us are kind of used to or thinking about doing, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about marketing, growing, and scaling your private practice. Today's show is sponsored by Therasas, a therapy intake CRM just for private practices and the Private Pay Practice Program. It's an e-course for therapists who want to grow a private pay practice. More on those in just a bit. And if you're a therapist and you're interested in building and growing an online course, this episode is for you. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're going to be going behind the scenes into Melvin Varghese, the STC Elite Mastermind, where therapists gather and build and grow an online course. I just completed the mastermind myself, and during that time, I was able to launch the Private Pay Practice Program. So welcome to the show, Melvin. Brent, uh, I'm incredibly grateful to be here, incredibly grateful for our friendship, and uh, looking forward to diving into the world of masterminds and online courses and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, if you if you don't know of Melvin, he's a licensed psychologist in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in 2015, Melvin founded Selling the Couch, which, if you haven't heard, is a podcast to help therapists move from clinical to online income. On the podcast, he interviews successful practitioners about how they build their practices, social media marketing experts, and shares lessons on how he uses our clinical skills to create an online business powered by podcasting and online courses. So we're going to be going behind the scenes on how to build and grow an online course through your mastermind. But I do have to tell the listeners this, Mel, is that it was your podcast that tipped the scales for my wife and I to go headfirst into launching Kid Matters Counseling seven years ago. It was a cold fall day in Chicago, and I was raking these golden and brown leaves in my front yard, and I was listening to one of your podcasts. And it was an anniversary podcast. I, I don't know if you remember these but because you've had so many episodes, but you had all these guests, past guests, come on and share their stories of launching their practices. And it was after listening to that episode, I was like, well, if these people can do it, so can my wife and I. And we did it. And the practice is going strong today. So it's an honor to now have you on my podcast. And I'm really excited for the listeners to hear more about you and who you've been really on the forefront of helping therapists build and grow an online course. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, I love I love hearing stories like that. I love when you share your own because, you know, something with with something like podcasting, you never quite realize the impact that you'll have on people. Mm -hmm. And it's just wonderful to hear stories like that because, I mean, literally those first episodes, I'm sure that one that you're referencing, that was still the, you know, version 1.2 of the STZ podcast, which is basically, you know, a TV stand from Walmart <laughs> stacked on a whole bunch of <laughs> psychology books and my laptop up on the top and uh, this really dinky mic arm that, you know, creaked if you just pushed it ever so slightly. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like, I hope my editor can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, you know, the two things about your podcast was that is the, is that really funky intro to dun, 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 dun. And if you had the bass turned up a little too much in your earphones, like it was really bumping through, but also just your genuine voice. Uh, and I, it was a, it was a voice of reason and a voice of authority and confidence that we needed. And I'm sure 
thousands of therapists needed as they were contemplating launching and growing their own private practice and everything that you were sharing. So I'm really excited to have you share a little bit about behind the scenes of your mastermind, which I'm really excited for people to hear more about it. So can we jump into the first question? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So what did you see that led you to create this mastermind? I mean, it's a good question. So I, I had a previous, you know, I launched my podcasting course back in 2015. And I think probably around 2017, I realized that the folks that were going through the podcasting course, they had launched their podcasts, uh, but they needed a place to talk about like making money through the podcast, right? Like strategically monetizing. So everything from talking about sponsors and all the way to creating digital courses and stuff like that as a way to monetize. So it started there, but then this latest iteration happened during the pandemic because I, at that point, was down to one day of clinical work and STC was four days. And I just started to realize that a lot of therapists were very busy, but also on the verge of burnout. And I think a lot of even just beyond us as clinicians, I think people in general really started to think about what is it that, what kind of life do I want? And how do I, how do I intentionally design my business around that versus, you know, fitting, fitting life around a business, which I think many of us are kind of used to or thinking about doing right. And so the idea for the mastermind basically came because I had been at that point creating you know, online courses or my, my healthcasters course, we had that for about five years and have had the really good fortune of, you know, growing that from eight initial buyers to now over 270. Uh, we just passed 316 K in revenue on that one. And so, wow. and so it just, I don't know. I, but it wasn't like, I think for me, it's been a like a journey to get there and it hasn't been like, this rocket ship thing that we often see mm -hmm. online. And part of the mastermind was just like, I wanted a place where I could teach uh, and share, but then also a place where clinicians could do this and do it with integrity and do it with like upholding our ethical standards and all of those kind of things. And most of all, I think I wanted a place just to be real and honest about it because I feel like many times we see like these 0.05% of courses that seem to skyrocket and we think that should be the norm. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'd also talked to a lot of therapists. They have the seasoned therapists, like mm -hmm. they, they've developed so much in their mind and like in their clinical work, they're like, I have something that could actually help a lot of people and they don't yeah. have to be in, in the therapist chair or the therapy chair to get it. And so a lot of the clients that I talk to in the back of their mind, there's like, I have this thing that I, I feel like I need to get into the world. Yeah. Um, so again, going back to your point, like doing something that wasn't direct clinical work with the hours and something that might be a little more scalable, but because they've been in practice for a while, they have this system, they have this way mm. that they could maybe put into a course yeah. and get out there and reach more people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, and I think for clinicians, most of us are used to that idea of trading time for income. So this concept of like scaling our knowledge, mm -hmm. right? And I and I love, and I think what you're speaking to, which is what I love too, is 
there's a service-based component to it, right? The, at a practical level, there may be people that are maybe you have a wait list, right? And how do you sort of serve those people besides like referring out? Or there might be people that need to hear your message, but you can't see them for licensure requirements. You know, what what are their opportunities are there to serve them? Yeah, yeah that's great. So I, I would love to know, and I'm sure listeners would love to know as well, like what were some of these early mistakes that you made and and building this out uh we do have like how long is this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no i you know when i shared that question because part of like what i tried to do is just be honest about the journey so i would say an initial mistake was within the mastermind we have like we call them well they're hot seats but we call them warm, warm and fuzzy seats because they're therapists right so uh so this is basically an opportunity where two people come on and each of them shares a question or something they're struggling with related to their online course. And the rest of us uh, give feedback to help them move forward. When in the initial versions of this, I had this idea because there were initially around 20, 20 of our 20 colleagues in this mastermind. And I was like, 20 seems like a big number to do these fuzzies. What if everybody doesn't get a turn? All of that stuff. So then I broke it up into smaller groups. Like, so we would get into one room and then it would be like, okay, we're going to do like four groups of whatever, four or five, right? And so there were like four or five groups that were happening all at the same time. And in theory, that sounded really good because everybody, you know, there's more intimate space, all of that. The mistake I didn't think about was, I think there's something really powerful about being in the room together and knowing what everybody else is working on and just being able to see the evolution of that journey. Because when we would do those fuzzy seats, like sometimes you would have this like one or two people who were the same, but most of the time it was a completely different person. So it's like almost starting over and over again. Mm. Um, so I think that was a, a big kind of, I wouldn't say it's a mistake. I think it was a good learning opportunity. Um, and I mean, I, I think I would even love to like hear from your perspective. I think because you've, when you were in it, right, you mm -hmm. redid the one big room. And what was that like for you? Well, I loved it. I think I was, I wonder if there was, I think it was the part when we would actually divide up a little bit yeah. yep. and do that. And then we eventually brought it all together. So I saw the evolution of that. And I actually, I really enjoyed bringing it all together because there's therapists that are in different stages mm -hmm. of, of building out their course and just different stages of life too. So like the wisdom, it's really just the collective wisdom of the group. Some people may not have a problem to, to bring up, but they're listening and learning. So, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's almost like a panel discussion almost in some mm -hmm. ways. Like it's, it's way more intimate. And I, I was learning from people who like stuff I've just never heard before in the marketing world. Like it mm -hmm. was really cool to kind of hear their experience. And then I was able to add some things. And so I think the, the whole kind of, everyone in the same room listening. I think that was, I think that was a good move. I think it was a good yeah. correction in that just the yeah. way, just way we were able to learn from one another. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head because I think one of the benefits of this has been, we get to see people in different stages of life, mm -hmm. which I mean, it could be our future selves. Right. And just to be able to think about, you know, it's not just about like building and designing a course. It's about, creating the the marketing engine behind it that sustains what are what sustains things in a way that is kind to our future selves as well 
the other thing is like it is it is hard it's hard to launch a course like it's like it's just not it's just not magical you're you're literally launching in some cases it could be another business almost yeah. altogether um and so you want you it's it's really good to have the group kind of behind you and you'll you'll do these breakout things every now and again where you get into smaller groups for different things but um but yeah to kind of have that collective and they're all rooting for you i think that's the strength of that community is that they all have your back and they're just rooting for you like it is it was really it was really wonderful to be part of that yeah i'm grateful you were able to be a part but i think you bring up a really good point which is something i didn't do initially what i started doing later is every one of the mastermind members i we actually do one-on-one -on -one calls with everybody to make sure they're a good fit and in the initial stages i did them but they were like either shorter or they were sort of in a group format and i think the challenge was that i couldn't screen as well because mm -hmm. if there's like multiple people in the room or if it's like a 25 minute chat it's just really hard to go deep and so we actually this was even this last round we i went back to something i was like intuitively made sense i was like instead of me doing 45 minute ones let me do 20 30 minute one-on-one -on -one calls, but I just couldn't get, you know, around and form a meaningful connection with people. So it's like, sometimes you're just, I don't know. The one thing I'm learning in this whole process is like one, not to get it in your own way in terms of your own intuition. And then two, it's like, it's this, you know, evolving kind of thing. And so these one-on-one -on -one calls, it's not just like we want, we want a certain type of therapist in the mastermind and not like just because somebody wants to launch an online course. Like for me, integrity, being a kind person, having a heart to, a genuine heart to help somebody, those are the bigger things for me, you know? Yeah, and it shows. So you screened well. <laughs> Try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask another question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, how are you thinking about scaling versus focusing on the personal touch? Oh, this is something I'm actively like thinking about and revamping and, and then thinking about again. Um, so right now what, what we did is we, we put a cap of 25 members at any one time in the mastermind. The reason I have, I'm thinking about it this way now is because I've been parts of masterminds that have scaled to like hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I have found as a user is I feel like I'm just another number. Um, and then the other challenge is when there's that many people, everybody's working on different stuff and it's really hard to form cohesion within the group and a sense of camaraderie. Uh, and so I don't know, like, I don't know the answer to this, Brent, like, to be completely honest. So right now I know we're thinking about 25 members at any one point in the mastermind. One thing that we have done recently, just like within the last two weeks is I had a realization that, you know, even for someone like me, I'm a planner and I'm often thinking about projects that I want to do like six to 12 months ahead. Mm -hmm. And because the mastermind only launches twice a year, what we realized is there's a segment of therapists that are thinking in the same way. And in fact, maybe most of them, they're like, hey, I know I want to launch an online course next year. 
And so we give them the option to either join a wait list or if they're seriously interested, they can actually schedule a one-on-one call and we figure out if it's a mutually good fit, they can actually hold a spot for the next round by putting down a deposit their first month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess from a one, it, it assures that they have a spot. And then two, I think from the perspective of the person running the mastermind, I think it also puts much less pressure on the traditional launch time to fill all of those spots, right? Because we've got a sort of a trickle because our, 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 the content we're putting out there doesn't stop during the non-launch months, right? And so the challenge was how do, are we just directing people to a wait list and then they're hanging out there for like five, six months, you know? Yeah. Or is, could there be another option? And, and that's, just something I'm thinking through and we just recently implemented. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was from our own course, we were thinking, should we do like a wait list and launch two or three times a year or not? Um, and so we're, we're constantly eval- evaluating that we're now saying uh, apply, apply mm-hmm. for the program. And there's some qualifying questions that we have in there. And then we'll do sort of like a breakthrough call or mm-hmm. like to see if it's a good fit because it's saying we want to make sure that, they are a good fit for the program, partly personality-wise, and yeah. the characters there, and the drive is there as well. And just make sure it's a good fit because you don't want to have those awkward conversations that it's yeah. not. It ends up not being a good fit, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then do those? I guess do some of those people then immediately join the program, or do they stay? How are you? Are you guessing I, about? Yeah. Well, we just we just switched over to it, so we. I think it is to get access right away to mm-hmm. it. Um, we're, we're not doing um, an exact cohort, like mm-hmm. a timed cohort. It's yeah. more um, you get access. And then we have these implementation calls where we help. Like, so it's sort of like a group call mm-hmm. um, and it work, it's working out. So, okay. Now, so it's not like a hundred people in it, you know, it'll be anywhere between like eight to 12 people will show up at a time and mm-hmm. we'll do them twice a month. And, those are really good calls because it's a really good community. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun that way. So yeah, we're just kind of tweaking a little bit. Um, and also, but I think having that interview is, is, is a good thing. So yeah, absolutely. I think for also like higher ticket offers, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yep. Well, before we go on, Mel, I want to remind the listeners about Therasas. I talked about it at the beginning of the uh, of the episode. You know, we designed Therasas because many of my clients were using Post-it notes and scraps of paper and Google Sheets even to record new client leads, but clients were still falling through the cracks and money was being left on the table. So we designed Therasas. It's a powerful HIPAA compliant intake software for private practice owners to quickly capture, connect, and qualify prospective clients. From our custom websites and our automation and messaging, you can instantly connect and qualify new clients, easily organize waitlist, and track every step in your intake process with real-time analytics. It said that it is said that the riches are in the niches and the fortune is in the follow-up. Therasas was designed specifically for the follow-up process. It has empowered solo practice owners to grow quickly and group practice owners to supercharge their intake team. Getting started is very simple. Just go to therasas.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-S-A-A-S.com and sign up for a demo and a free trial. And if you decide that Therasas will grow your practice, we'll sign you up. And Therasas just takes one hour to implement and one hour to train your team. It's that simple. 
So being known as a practice that provides the best care starts at the very beginning when someone reaches out for help and wants to schedule an appointment. You've worked too hard to have new client leads go unanswered or fall through the cracks. Level up your intake process with Therasas to capture, communicate, and qualify new client leads today. And see if Therasas is a good fit for you. Just go to therasas.com and schedule a demo call. All right. Our final question. What parts of the mastermind have evolved from the feedback that you've gotten from the community? Yeah, uh, it's a great question as well. Um, <clears throat> there's probably a couple of them. So one is we realize that most therapists are have this love-hate with social media. <laughs> and so we the initial version of the mastermind was a traditional Facebook group, and then we moved it to Circle. Uh, and the truth is, I thought Circle would be the main place, but we, we use Voxer as well. So we basically have all of the, the cool thing with Circle is you can create like micro communities. So for example, members in our mastermind, they're also podcasters. We have a section for that. Members in our mastermind, they're also, you know, marketing their course on YouTube. We have a section for that, but we have the exact same sections in Voxer. Voxer, if you haven't heard of it, it's like those Nextel commercials back in the 90s, probably. <laughs> probably dating ourselves yeah, here. But, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, it's basically like a walkie-talkie app. And so, like, our members love, uh, I said, I'm not saying <laughs> Nextel, but love Voxer. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, you can literally be on your hike or, you know, uh, making breakfast and send a voice memo over. So the implementation implementation of Voxer has been really good. The second thing is um, we have a monthly mindset hour. So we bring in a certified coach and we specifically talk about all of the mental stuff that comes up when we make this transition from clinician to course creator. So everything from feeling like an imposter to worried about what colleagues are going to think all the way to what if my course doesn't sell and just working through that. Um, and again, we do it as a group call. So even if you're not getting coached in that one hour, just seeing others and going through that yeah. journey, I think it's so reinforcing, right? Oh, um, yeah. I was coached once. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was good. It was beautiful. It was vulnerable. And I was like, oh, I do have some. <laughs> I thought I didn't have any mindset issues. Yeah. I certainly did. And she pulled it out. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all do. I think, you know, it's, that's one of the things about course building. It's, it's hard and that it brings up our stuff, but it's also amazing because it allows us to grow and expand in ways that we never imagined. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the sort of the, the final one is we added a course growth and scaling office hour as well, because you know, there are members in our mastermind that have established courses and they specifically want to talk about how do I strategically market this and in a way that's like sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we had Daniel Bustamante, who's the head of ship 30 for 30 previously, um, ship 30 for 30 is a digital writing cohort. Uh, they launched during the pandemic. I think they're projected to do in the upper six figures to low seven figures this year in sales which is pretty wild. And uh, he leads automation for them. Uh, and so Daniel was like, basically, I, we had Daniel create a free email course for us. And he was basically giving us the breakdown, the behind the scenes of what worked, what didn't work, how we built this. 
we're actually transitioning that office hour to now for the next six months on creating their evergreen webinars. So webinars have, I would say 92% of our sales have come through, of our core sales have come through webinars. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually working with, you know, tomorrow, um, actually, yeah, tomorrow will be our our first one. So, you know, we're, we're actually going to, I created a document for them and I, and we're going to get together like the little pieces, like, you know, I want you to look through your phone and I want you to find some behind the scenes pictures that could be great for your slide deck. And we're going to like build this piece by piece so that by the end of the six months, they have a, you know, slide deck ready to go and they've got it, you know, ready to upload and all of that stuff. Oh man. I, that was, yeah. That email course, uh, creation that the behind the scenes with Daniel was so good. I, I created one and I'm in the midst of creating another one, mm-hmm. uh, as a result of that yeah. one for the private pay practice program. We're actually doing a private, um, per your recommendation, we're going to be doing a private podcast oh, nice. as a result of it. So we're doing an ultimate guide and how to launch a private pay practice nice. and, or no, how to grow a private pay practice. And it's eight episodes. And nice. me and Dr. Deb Leggy are just, we're going to lay it all out, yeah. but we're going to say, Hey, you know, if you want all these episodes, um, yeah. here's, here's the link and sign up and get the email address. And then we'll nurture that through email. Yeah. So, uh, and then I just created another one on the ultimate guide, like an ultimate, uh, intake for the, that was for Therasas. And we're just, oh, nice. we're just testing it out now. So it was because of that. I was like, <laughs> we're going to go in. And yeah. then my, uh, Jordan, my employee, he was overseeing Therasas. He's like, Brent, we got to do webinars. <laughs> <laughs> So now that you're telling me, now that you're talking about webinars, I was like, okay, that's step two. We'll get there. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, but I think we're both speaking. It's like, I think this is actually a common thing that a lot of course creators can get stuck on, which is like, where do I focus? And Mm -hmm. I think I would say yes to all of it, but like not in like all at one time. Right. So email courses are fantastic. Webinars are fantastic. Um, But I think the big thing you and I are both are saying is, those opt-ins that are like high value, like beyond just like, here's a one page she sheet, that's okay when you start. Mm-hmm. But especially if you have, you know, when in our mastermind, I always say like your course should at least minimum be 500, right? So as you get into higher prices for your course, um, I think it's good to have an opt-in that's of high value. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I learned a ton in the, uh, and the mass and the mastermind. So, um, really glad that you're able to, uh, jump on and have, and, and join me on this podcast. Where can people find more about what you do? What links would you like to point them to? Yeah. I mean, so if you are listening and you would love to start an online course and you're a therapist, we have this uh, free seven day email course to actually validate your course idea. So I think a lot of clinicians were like, I have this idea, but is it actually going to make money? We actually, put all the work, the, the exercises that we do in our mastermind into this uh, email course. And that's over at coursecreatorstarterkit.com. Yeah. Oh you, yeah. If you're listening to this, definitely check it out. It is. Um, I mean, even if, if it's not, if you're not even looking to start a course, you should just sign up for it anyways, to just experience what an email course is like. Cause it is really, it is really well done. Um, but if you are interested in starting a course, you should definitely check it out. Lots of value into it. Um, okay. Anything else you want to point them to? Or is that the one? 
No, I think the other, the only other thing is, you know, uh, I have a podcast as well, and you can check that out at <laughs> sellingthecouch.com forward slash listen. Yes. Yes. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me for the Brand Your Practice podcast. Just a reminder that all content on the Brand Your Practice website and the podcast and other media reflects my own opinions. It should not be taken as legal advice, financial advice, or investment advice. Please seek out the guidance of a professionally trained and licensed individual before making any decisions. Some links in the descriptions may be affiliate links. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And if you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the Brand Your Practice podcast and join me the next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.